your dreams. The height of your he's been he's been active throughout this whole time. Oh yeah. Well, so was I. Right. Right. So was I. I mean. But he was at peace with his faith, and he, you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So as long as you've known him, there's never been a time where he was thinking about leaving or feeling disenchanted or disillusioned. Not that I know of. No. Okay. Wow. So, um, how'd you get out of it? How'd you, uh, or, or have you, what, uh, does it stop there or were there some ways you were able to piece things back together? And maybe this is, you know, where Nordo Mormon comes in. Uh, we can, you know, we can either, uh, have you just keep telling your story if there's any semi-resolution or continuation, or we can use this as a time to introduce New Order Mormonism and then loop that back to how, what it all meant to you. Uh, take it however you feel comfortable. Okay. Well, um, the one of the things that, that the New Order Mormon Board did do for me was it gave me a place what I felt was a safe place to process this stuff. You know, instead of dumping it all on my husband, which is what I have been doing for probably the better part of a year and a half, all of my frustrations and and anxiety and everything, I just sort of dumped on him. Um, because I... <laughs> I, some, I had somebody to listen to me. Sure. And I didn't know, you know, I had to talk about this. I'm a talker. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not the stoic, you know, keep it all bottled up and and and, and deal with it on your own type. I, you know, I needed, to, I needed to talk this stuff out. And, you know, he was the only one I felt I could talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things the board gave me was uh, a place, another place to do that that I thought was a safe place to do that. One of the things, well, you know, this is probably a good place to, to, to just mention what is a New Order Mormon and the, the purpose of the website. You know, we've been throwing that term around through this whole conversation and um, the, uh, without ever really talking about what it is, um, the, the New Order Mormons are people who no longer believe some or much or all of the doctrines of the LDS Church, but who want to maintain membership mm-hmm. for cultural or social or family reasons. And that also doesn't fit often with what you expect from people who are members or, you know, disaffected members of the church, mm-hmm. is that there are people who, you know, their heart is no longer in the faith, but they don't want to leave. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the stereotype of the person who becomes disaffected from the church is someone who, you know, goes off to... Um, RFM, Recovery from Mormonism, and, you know, cusses and yells and screams and talks about how horrible the church is and it ruined his life and or her life and, you know, takes up drinking and swearing and all manner of unpleasant sins and and see that's what happens to you when you lose faith. 
Um, right. But not everybody who loses faith in the church does that. Yeah. Um, or in loses faith in the in the doctrines of the church. Um, I think it's I think it's interesting that you can lose faith in the doctrines but still believe in the church very much. I know a couple of people that are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they still believe that the church is a is a is a really is a force for good. Um, that it's that it's done good for them and been good for their families and you know if it's not quite all it claims to be well what is <laughs> yeah you know sure so having that kind of safe place to talk to other people <laughs> who knew you know that's the other thing is is that this can be a very lonely thing you can think you're the only one out there who feels this way um that you know that you I mean, you know, you hear about the anti-Mormons and the ex-Mormons and, and all that. And, and, you know, if you've been a, a believer for any period of time, those, that, those are painted with a very, you know, broad and negative brush. And you don't want to go there. Right. You know, I mean, that's just not where you want to go. Um, and, you know, one of the main purposes of the New Order Mormon Board, is to support people who want to stay, um, to help them, you know, find the things that are good, to help them have a safe place to, to talk about their frustrations, um, to give them ideas for, you know, setting boundaries for maintaining respectful relationships with their families, um, you know, and, and that was just a real... It was a real help to me, and I've been doing it long enough now that I'm one of the old guard there now. So, yeah. and so, and so, it's so New Order Mormons are people who have lost a significant, if not a large portion, of their faith in uh, in the doctrines or teachings or or truthfulness of the capital T of the church. But but you say stay for cultural or social or family reasons. Is that right? Yeah. Now, I, I, and an average Mormon is going to have very little respect for that decision right there. There's there's a I mean, you know I'm I'm like a fifth or sixth generation Mormon depending on which line you count from. Uh, you know I, I was I was raised with this notion of there's no such thing as a buffet Mormon. You don't get to choose. You're either in or out. You're either hot or cold, or you'll be spewed forth from the mouth. Um, so I can hear all sorts of Orthodox Mormons as you talk about this saying, "No, no, 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 sister, you don't get it. You're either in it or you need to leave." But this staying for cultural or social is just weak, and it's weak, and it's disingenuous, and you know it's not the way the Lord wants it. What would your th- response be to that? Well, honestly, that makes me laugh. Um, I'm sorry. No, it's and, good. And it's it, good. I'm just, you know. You know, it's, it's just, that's just silly. Um, there's no such thing as a buffet Mormon. Of course there is. Everybody is. Everybody is. There was a wonderful post by um, Aaron Brown um, just the other day on, um, on By Common Consent about how super righteous he is because he wasn't going to watch the Super Bowl. Of course, it was very tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, and, 
how people build up in their minds the extreme importance of the commandments that they happen to be very good at keeping. Um, <laughs> you know, tithing is really easy when you have a lot of money, and keeping the Sabbath day holy is easy if you don't happen to like football. And, you know, uh, the word of wisdom is easy to keep if you've never developed a taste for beer or wine. I mean, it's just... It, and who wants to take up smoking anyway, except as a form of rebellion? I mean, you know, it, it, there are, what did Robert Kirby say? There were like 10 genuine Mormons. There used to be 11, but one of them died. Um, <laughs> it's, it, everybody's, a, everybody's a buffet Mormon to some extent. Um, it, admittedly, some of us are more so than others. Um, one of the things that I um, have one of the things that I've um, taken that I've that I've applied to my experience with um, the LDS Church is my experience with Al-Anon. Um, when I was married to my first husband, um, he was an alcoholic, um, and I spent um, probably the better part of a year um, actively working on my own recovery um, through Al-Anon. And um, one of the things, one of the slogans that um, always stuck with me was take what you like and leave the rest. Um, And if other people don't get to define my religious experience for me, they don't get to. They can try, but they don't get to. I'm not a danger to the kingdom of God. <laughs> I'm not that important. <laughs> you know, I can, I, can, I, I can sit in a pew on Sunday and sing the, sing the hymns of Zion, and um, if a particularly obnoxious talk comes up, I can quietly excuse myself and leave. I, there are any number of places that I can serve, um, I have been open now with both of my bishops since this has happened, and um, both of them have gladly extended to me callings that don't require teaching or bearing testimony and yet allow me to be part of the community and to serve. You know, I mean, if they want to take it up with my bishop, they're more than welcome to. So you you t- you're candid with your bishop, and and uh, you you request not to teach or be in a position where you have to bear testimony. That's interesting. Yes. Yes. I want to talk. I want to talk more about that. But but um, I love. So I love your point that that people get to define uh, their rules of engagement and what being a Mormon means to them, and that they should never let anyone else uh, decide that for them. So I love I love that. Let me let me ask you a follow up though. It, it, you know, if somebody if somebody doesn't believe that the Book of Mormon is historical, doesn't believe that you know Gordon B. Hinckley is God's one true prophet on the earth, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints isn't the restored gospel of Jesus Christ and all others an abomination, uh, you know, take the major truth claims of the church. Uh, you know, if if you don't believe at least those five or ten fundamental things, then what claim do you have to to 
associate yourself with Mormons or claim to be one or, or you know, to affiliate in the community as someone who everyone would presume is a, is a person of faith when, when you don't even agree on those basics? What's the point? Why? Well, um, well, there's Jesus. Okay. You know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about Mormonism. Oh, sorry. Okay. Just, yeah. Just a second. Yeah. Sorry, I'm kidding. You it's know, true. with John, <laughs> that kidding. John, um, there's Jesus. You know, he's kind of a fundamental part of a whole lot of religious traditions, um, not just the Latter Day Saints. Um, there's also, even if you don't believe in Jesus, there's the idea of God and service. What claim do I have to to my to be to membership in the church? Baptism. I've been baptized, okay, and confirmed. And as far as I know, that's what you need to be a member. Right. No, it's very it's fascinating because, you know, if 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 the church doctrines were a pyramid, and we were to we were to say that the most fundamental things were at the base of the pyramid as a, as someone who's grown up Mormon and been an active Mormon my whole life, you know, here, listen to what I just did. What did I put at the foundation of the pyramid? Mm -hmm. Uh, I put book of Mormon, historicity, Joseph Smith, truthfulness of the one true church. Those are the things that I put at the bottom of the pyramid as the base litmus test. And what you just did is sort of turn that on its head and say, those are the points of the pyramid at the top. If, if you're going to be building a foundation, you know, why can't we start with the foundation of God and or Christ as, as enough to unify us? One of the things that I think is so, in, so important about what you're trying to do, John, is... is trying to build bridges. Um, you know, one of the things about being LDS, the idea of being a peculiar or chosen people, and, you know, maybe spending, you know, all those generations out there in the middle of nowhere, is the idea of separateness from the other, from people who are, you know, you are either us or not us. And now, all of a sudden, among us, there are not us, <laughs> and and I think it's I think I think it's good for for both sides. I mean, for the people who become disaffected and angry and want to leave or not, and for the people who are true and faithful and want to stay to to try to come to some kind of understanding of each other, even if that understanding is only the sense that our experiences are, are, are real, they're not malicious, and neither of us is deluded. You know, and I think it's important for me to throw out here, you know, I bear no malice at all toward the church. Um, toward the missionaries who taught me. Um, I went through a very, very angry period. Um, but that was, you know, I have so much respect for people who believe. And, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, 
you know, oh, isn't that sweet? They still believe. I'm, I don't mean that in a patronizing way. I, that's one of the reasons I really still enjoy reading in the Bloggernacle, which is almost entirely composed of, you know, well, aside from, you know, the, the, the couple of flies in the ointment like, say, me, um, <laughs> faithful Latter-day Saints. Right. Um, I, their, their faith and in the... And um, the depth of their faith is very inspiring to me. Um, it it doesn't it doesn't change anything for me, you know. But it 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 is it's it's very inspiring. Mm-hmm. I I I learn a lot from from people who believe yeah so the passage in the book of mormon about and there were no matter of ites among them sounds like this is a call even though you represent a branch uh you're calling for less judgment less segmentation more bridges more seeking to understand Oh, I think, well, and see, and I'm not, the calling for, um, I, I want to be real specific about that. I, that's something that, means that, that, I, that I hope for among people. You know, let's all sing Kumbaya together, okay? Right. I mean, I grew up in the 60s. You want to sing the Coke song? I want to buy the world a Coke. Um, oh, <laughs> I can't do that anymore, can I? Um, uh the um, I'm not calling on the church to change anything. Um, that is just that's just not my place. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things I wish would happen, but you know it's simply not my place right. um, to. To, to call upon an institution to change to suit me. That's just silly. Um, the, you know, it's, it's the nature of the man. You know, yeah, <laughs> the man sure. doesn't change to suit the little people. You know, it just doesn't work that way. Sure. And, and furthermore, um, I don't know, I think, I've, you know, it's, it's not the job of the church to accommodate, okay? It's the job of the church to uplift and challenge people to be better than what they are, not to, you know, accommodate whatever whatever whims people happen to have. Um, I sometimes think, as my friend Peggy has said, that the church has kind of dug their feet in a little bit on things that don't really matter and accommodated in ways that they shouldn't necessarily. But mm-hmm. it's been, um, but I don't, I, it's, it's simply not my place to call for change in sure. the institution. Okay. Um, I would like, I, it, it's difficult to, it, it, actually that's not true. In my real ward, in real life, it's not a problem to fit in. Isn't that strange? Um, even with people who know. Right. You know? I 
told um, the Relief Society president that I can't be a visiting teacher um, because I got put in a bad position once. Somebody asked me what I thought of the Book of Mormon when I was visiting teaching. (laughs) And so I told them, and we can't have that happen, you know, that's just not proper. So, but I'm still on the board, (laughs) you know? sure. And still got a calling in Relief Society. It just, I don't really teach. Right. So people, people, in real life, actually, people can be very accommodating. They're a little confused, you know? Yeah. But they can be very accommodating. So I don't mean they're confused as in, con, you know, or with confusion confused. I mean confused as in they don't quite sometimes know what to make of the situation. Yeah. But sure. they're very accommodating. Okay, to our listeners, this is going to seem a little bit odd, but uh turns out that Anne and I weren't able to actually finish this conversation that we started. It, it's, it was actually maybe even a little more than a month ago that we had this conversation. And um, because of various schedule conflicts and my travel and the interviews I did with Buckley and with Darren Smith, um, it's now a month later, and, and Anne and I are uh, ready to finish up this podcast. So, Anne, I appreciate your patience in enduring my schedule conflicts. Oh, and likewise, John. Yeah. I had some conflicts of my own, so... Yeah, yeah no, pro- no problem. But we're glad, we're glad we finally were able to come back. Yes. And um, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, I followed... You know, we started in this uh, second episode talking a little bit about the New, or- New Order Mormon uh, website and the board, and uh, I've actually been up there quite a bit since then and haven't seen much activity from you. And so, you know, you and I talked a little bit right before this recording that you had some feelings and thoughts to share about seasons in the life of an alternative Mormon, and I'd, I'd, let's just pick up there. Well, it's it was kind of interesting. Uh, somewhere a little after Valentine's Day, I there was a, a mini-crisis on the NAM website, and I'm a moderator there, and not the website, the discussion board, and I'm a moderator there, and I completely, in my opinion, overreacted to this mini-crisis, and talked in real life to people that I almost always only talk to on the internet. Um, you know, I, I called called one of the other moderators. One of the moderators called me, and if there was this big discussion about this mini crisis and how I was reacting to it, and I gave it some thought, and I decided that this stuff was all just I was making it way more important in my mental state than it had any right to be and that it was flying directly in the face of my personal boundary setting mantra it's just church it's just a discussion board uh there's a lot of stuff that happens on that discussion board that's really good 
and it's and I don't want to sound like I'm belittling it in any way. I, I think that there's some really, really valuable work that happens on that board. But I decided to check and to, to sort of take a vacation from it and see what would happen if I wasn't posting what I thought about every situation that people would find themselves in or every idea that somebody had 10, 8, 12 times a day. If I didn't, if my ideas weren't so out there, if I kept them to myself. And lo and behold, the Earth did not fall out of its orbit and plummet into the sun. Uh, I got along just fine, and they got along just fine. I I still read. I, I don't want to say, make it sound like I just divorced myself and you know, went off and did something else. I still was an active reader, but I didn't post, and I did that for almost a month, and it was really healthy. Mm. It didn't change my interface with the church any, which also goes through its ups and downs. And right now I'm in kind of down mode with that. I think that happens even for believers, though. Sure. That, do you think that that's the case? Absolutely. That, that even people who are faithful and believing saints will go through periods where they just Something is just wrong. They just can't deal with it. And I'm going through kind of a, a down phase right now. I'm hoping that it'll pick up in time for the, car, the word crawfish boil. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, but that, so my response to being in a, normally when I'm in a down phase with the church, I post more. I write more. I complain more. I throw out my ideas more. And, and while I get some, some really good, solid, supportive thing, I also get lots of commiseration. And, you know, that just feeds it. Mm-hmm. And what seems to have been healthier for me, it, at least this, this last month, has just been to reduce my interface with all of it. Uh, I've I've cut back on my participation at church, which was really minimal to begin with, and cut back my participation with the boards, with the discussion boards. I, I cut back, like I said, with the blogger-knackle. I used to be a pretty, pretty prolific commenter on the blogger-knackle also. And there are still some sites that I read, pretty religiously. I love Latter-day Saint Liberation Front. And I always read, I always check that out. I check that out every day and sometimes we'll feel the need to comment there because I think that RT and Serenity Valley have some really neat ideas and a very interesting implementation of Mormon life that's probably only possible in Berkeley. (laughs) And... uh, but it's been really interesting, the, the change that it's brought around. I have, 
so much more time to think about other things. Let me let me ask you let me ask you real quick if it's okay. Uh, we've we've talked a little bit about what New Order Mormon can mean to other people, but um, d- you know, contra- tell us just really quickly if we're going to sort of talk about this in, in a metaphor of seasons. Tell us what you know. D- you know, I, I would imagine you wouldn't say that you regret that that you were a part of New Order Mormon, especially when you had this crisis of faith. So talk us through the life cycle and the seasons of a New Order Mormon from someone who just for 30 or 40 years had no clue about any of this stuff. All of a sudden they find it, their world falls apart, and bam, they're on the New Order Mormon website. What What's their experience like? And then how does it evolve to where you've come now and then maybe beyond? Just if we, Even if we just take 10 minutes, I think there could be some value in that. Okay, well... There are different ways, of course, that different people handle it. Uh, One of the reasons that I withdrew from participation in a different board was because it does seem that some people really get stuck in anger, uh, that, that they grab hold of something that strikes them as just wrong, and they ride that horse till it drops. They just can't stop beating that horse, even though we... And that's, that's... That can actually be kind of enticing, because sometimes these people are a lot of fun. They're entertaining, and they have great stories, and... There was one guy who um, who I miss a lot because the one of the things I don't miss was his his the, his regularly posting uh, critical kind of snarky commentary on some of the more out there things that you'll find maybe in Meridian. Um, have you read Meridian? Um, not really. LDS a little Mag. bit. Yeah, a little com, bit. Or a little bit. yeah. So, Sometimes I guess they have some pretty good stuff, but sometimes their stuff is just out there. And he would post links to some of the really wacky stuff, and then everybody would, you know, laugh at the silly things that Mormons believe. And and that that can be it. That can be very enticing. That that's the kind of thing that you can get enmeshed in really easily. And and that's really one cycle that people will go through. Mm-hmm. They, they they just they 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 get into anger. Right. Other people go through. I, I do want to emphasize that everybody that, that finds themselves dealing with this, I really think that everybody goes through a, a period that of anger mm-hmm. that can either be. It can be short, it can be long, it can be intense, it can be mild, it, and that's, you know, that, that's just, that's a given. When, when people first have this happen to them and their world falls apart, they're angry. And it's almost always, and, why didn't I know this? Why didn't someone tell me? Or, you know, I can't believe we do this, or we're doing this, or we're this way. Those are, mm-hmm. Yeah, or, you know, feeling betrayed or lied to, and yeah, they lied about this one little thing. What else are they lying about? And and, and that 
that is a place where I think it's important to be careful where you take your participation if you're going to try to go to the Internet. I do think that the New Order Mormon Board is a very safe place in that it can help people work through their anger without getting stuck there. Um, that's one of the goals, mm-hmm. in my mind, of the New Order Mormon Discussion Board, is to help people get through the anger and not to get stuck there. And to help other people who come in for the first time going, what? <laughs> what yeah. happened to me? But then there's a period... It, the main reason people stay as New Order Mormons is for is for family. Mm-hmm. Not many people who have no other connection with the church, if they... At least that's not been my observation. People who don't have extensive family or even some family connections with the church will usually, if they come to believe that the church is not what it claims to be, they'll just, they, you know, they may be angry and maybe be upset, but they'll, they'll just leave. Right. They won't stick around as New Order Mormons. New Order Mormons are there for their family. Mm-hmm. Almost, almost exclusively mm-hmm. for their family. Mm-hmm. Some people tell their spouse, tell their significant other if that person is still engaged with the church. And if that person is not still engaged with the church, they definitely tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and some people do not. Um, some, people don't, some people don't tell their spouses? They don't tell their spouse. Mm. Um, the the reasoning behind that is that the reason you're staying new order is to is to is is for your relationships that the relationship is the most important thing mm-hmm. and more important than the church and you know more more important than your spouse understanding where you're coming from. Hmm. that And that is viewed... That is viewed as a... I want to say, it's, it's, it's something you do for the other person. It's not something you do for yourself. It's not something you do to keep your own comfort level in place. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's because there are stories and these... I, I have seen enough of them and heard enough of them to know that th- these stories are true of spouses, usually women, who say, well, you're either going to be this person that I have, that I thought I was marrying when I married in the temple for time and all eternity. You are going to be that person and remain that person, yeah. or me and the kids are out of here. Right. And there are women who will leave what are a a kind and hardworking and compassionate and loving husband and father because he can't wear the priesthood suit. He can't put on the priesthood suit in the morning. And and, that's a metaphor. 
Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that. Got it. Yeah. I got you can it. wear a suit. Yeah, you yeah, got that. Yeah. There are women who will. There are women who will. Who will? They will walk out on a marriage like that, mm-hmm. and that is what. New Order Mormons who don't tell their spouse are trying to avoid. So, a, percent, to so a percentage of your of New Order Mormons are living this life of, you know, feeling these deep um, things about the church, massive paradigm shifts, yet they can't even go to the person they're supposed to be closest and most loving to, to to talk through this stuff, and so they they literally have nowhere to go. Even in my own. Even in my own marriage, it was when because I, I didn't when I was first starting to struggle with all of this. I talked to my husband about it, and that's and and I was I was I was really angry. I was upset. I was confused. And one night he said, "You know, I really just wish you wouldn't talk to me about this." Mm. And I started to cry. And this is a Sunstone Dialogue Mormon. This is not your mamby-pamby, never-heard-these-issues kind of guy, right? Oh, yeah. He's, I just really wish you didn't talk to me about this. So I, did, I started to cry, and I said, if I don't talk to you about this, who can I talk to? I don't need you to be defender of the faith. I don't need you to convince me that I'm wrong. I don't need you to agree with me, but gosh, I need somebody to listen. And you're my best friend. And... Yeah. He was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, and and really, he was. He was. He was great about it. And it's like I said, it's been I think a little confusing for him. But yeah, I I can't help. The marriage comes first. Sure, the marriage comes first. And for some people, I don't know. I I don't know why the marriage does not come first. So what, what would you say to a Mormon who said, you're, you're blaspheming, God comes first, then Jesus, then the church, and then marriage? What, what would you say to a Mormon who, who felt well, that Well, anybody who puts church ahead of their marriage, I think, has just got some real confusing issues. Yeah, but tell us why. Tell us why. I mean, you know, if, if a husband isn't going to get you a celestial kingdom, then, then you, that should be your first goal. Okay, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm just... I'm just Speechless. Your husband can't get you to the celestial kingdom. Well, you know, it, you need to figure out how you're going to get there on your own. You know, the, the church has any amount of doctrine that says that a faithful, believing person is not going to be kept from the from all that they merit from all that God wants to give them because of the actions of another. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... So yeah, they're covered. I, if, if, if I'm wrong and my husband is right, he's going to have probably any number of perfectly <laughs> faithful wives in the <laughs> celestial kingdom. <laughs> and, and, and vice versa. Right. Sure. Unhappiness and the celestial kingdom do not go hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're opposites. And if you're going to go to the celestial kingdom, even if it's not with the person you're married to now, you'll be happy there. Right. Because otherwise it wouldn't be the celestial kingdom, see? And I, and, and I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have derailed you because the, the real story here, at least in the context of this podcast, is the utter loneliness and secrecy 
that that these people are feeling. And I can't help but draw parallels to Buckley Jepson's interview where he basically admitted that he went 25 years either hiding his homosexuality or talking to bishops about it. And his wife was among the last to know in those 25 years. And, and um, you know, it is an incredible sense of, I don't know, I, I, I'm actually able to talk to my wife about everything. And I'm really unique yeah. that way. In fact, I can talk to my mom and dad and they're totally cool and understanding. But most Mormons can't talk to their mom, can't talk to their dad, they can't talk to their siblings, they can't talk to anyone in their ward, and they can't talk to their spouse. And eventually, it has also been my observation that even people who start out not being able to talk to their spouse Things will things will move forward. Mm-hmm. The it, it, and it can take years. There's one participant on the New Order Mormons board who has never yet had a straight out conversation with his spouse, saying, "I don't believe this anymore." Mm-hmm. But they have come to an understanding. He knows. She wants him there, and she knows that he ain't never going to be the bishop. And in the meantime, he works very hard at being the best husband he can be, and so even though they've never had that overt conversation, they've reached a place where they're okay with what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's It's... And... And I guess that's another part of if we're going to talk about this in seasons. It, the ultimate goal, I think, of being a New Order Mormon is being able to be content with where you end up, wherever that might be. And that's one reason why I think that getting through the anger, yes, you have to go through it, mm-hmm. but not getting stuck there is so important. Because as long as you're angry with the church, you're never being going to be content with where you are. Right. You know, and that doesn't mean you have to stay in the church. That, you know, and that is another, that is another very viable thing. People will come to the New Order Mormons site, they'll work their way through, they'll, their spouse may be on the same page even as them, and that happens a lot too, mm-hmm. is that two spouses will come to the same realizations in different ways at different times, and sometimes they'll just go right through it together, hand in hand the whole way. Right. And those people, they go through everything together, and more times than not, where they end up is out. Right. And that's fine. Um, and for them, New Order Mormons is a is a transitional phase. There is a school of thought that the New Order Mormon way of life is not tenable over mm-hmm. the long haul. Right. That it's not something you can do for your entire life. That if you know if you're someone in your 30s, you can't keep that up for 30 years. Mm-hmm. At some point. At some point. You have to move on. That you can't live with the cognitive dissonance in your mind, the constant... Yeah, well, yeah, and after a while it becomes like, what's the point? Right. Um, why am I putting myself through this? Mm-hmm. Why am I putting my family through this? Why not just 
just say, okay, I'm done. And for some people, it's because their spouse just really wants them there. Right. And and for other people, they're they're very good at just this. It's just church. Um, yeah. I ran into a woman in my travels when I was after the hurricane, where I was um, that I had known before, and she said, "Oh, I just don't listen." <laughs> she's like, she she's never been on the New Order Mormon board. She's, she says, "Oh, yeah, you know, I just sit there, I just zone." <laughs> <laughs> Three hours on every Sunday, she just zones. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I mean, it, it, tell me if you tell me if you think tell me if you like this theory. I mean, I teach elders quorum, and and a third of the guys in elders quorum are asleep, just flat out. And if you think about how many people aren't doing their home teaching, I've never been in an elders quorum where, you know, the elders quorum president was happy with the amount of home teaching done. If you think about how few people pay tithing. If you think about uh, how few people go to the temple and how big of an issue it is um, for you know the the leaders of the church, high priest, group leader, to get people to go to temple night, you know, could it be that consciously or unconsciously, a, a decent percentage of active Mormons actually are New Order Mormons, but just don't admit it or talk about it, or maybe don't even know? Well, no, probably not. So, well, I, I think what those people are able to do naturally, which it's my experience with New Order Mormons has been that they they start that the people who go New Order are the ones who are hyperactive. Hmm. And the people who just kind of don't do everything that they ought to do, I, I hope you're seeing the quotes in those phrases, mm-hmm. uh, people who don't do all the things that are necessarily ex- are expected of them just are good at setting, have chosen to set different boundaries. Mm-hmm. They, in, in spite of all the talks about tithing and the importance of tithing and how you're blessed if you pay your tithing, they look at their checkbook and they say, not going to happen. Hmm. Uh, they and maybe you know you can put that down to not exercising and other things, but I think it's just a matter of sometimes people just take a pragmatic approach. Mm-hmm. I think what's what's interesting is that people who are new order, when they aren't doing those things, they still feel guilty. <laughs> You know, I mean, and then they resent that they're being made to feel guilty. Uh, right. The, it's, it's, it's people who just don't do those things. I'm busy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily think they're new order. Um, I think they're slackers. Well, I know. <laughs> and, I, that's, I, and I don't mean that to be mean. That, you know. Like we had talked about this earlier, I, I don't know if this has come up before, but it's my observation that the church will take and take and take and take and take, and if you give a, a foot, they want three more, and if you give a yard, they want a furlong. Uh, it, it, the church will take everything that it can in terms of your life. It'll be your life. You it's, a lot of, it's a lot of consecration. It, the church can be your life. Yeah. 
And some people just, a law of consecration or no, are not willing to do that. Right. They're not willing to make church their life. And some people are very good at setting those kinds of boundaries, and other people are not. And some people thrive on that kind of level of activity. Uh, I think that one of the most important tools that New Order Mormons can learn in order to reduce their level of stress of, meaning, of staying with the church is learning the word no. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, as I said, my observation of New Order Mormons is, this, is that they have been hyperactive, you know, leadership track, all that good stuff, uh, that they have been in that frame that it's very hard to do things like turn down a calling, to make a decision, I'm not going to tithe anymore, and or I, I'm not going to visit teach. And it's very hard to do that if you're not, I hesitate to use the word out, but that's about the, the best term I can use, but if you're not open with your spouse about your level of belief. Mm-hmm. And for those people, becoming a slacker is just the, it's, it's the only way to reduce your level of engagement, is to just not do what people tell you to do or what people ask you to do. There are so many things you can do in the church as, as a participant that you've got to draw boundaries somewhere. And if you don't, it eats your life. That's, yeah. just, this just my, that's just my humble opinion. And there are people who are happy to give the church their life and more power to them. But I'm not. And you you probably agree that if if Utah or the church has a higher per capita usage of of um, you know psychotropic medicine, if there's depression, if there's a little bit more propensity towards obesity, if you know there might be risk of alienation in marriage, of neglecting children, would would you say there's a lot at stake by learning this lesson of family you know m- marriage first? Children second, and then church, you know, maybe after job. Would you say there's a lot at stake? There's a lot. There's Yes, I do. Um, I also, though, I don't want to diminish the importance of, of, of God as you see God in that, because that, that's source of sustenance. Right. You know, that's a, that's a, that's an enriching thing. For people who say, how can you put the church before, how can you put the marriage before church? That's easy. How can you put the marriage before God? As, as different people understand God, that's, I, I don't. I don't. Um, one of the things that I've tried to, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging. My husband has a fairly um, high, a high level of of impact in his calling. It's a high impact calling, uh, a lot of responsibility. And I, oh, when I was when they called him to this, he called me because I wasn't there because you know sacrament meeting was over and I leave after sacrament meeting. He called me and he said, "Well, they want me to do this," and I said, "Well, I got to come in and we got to talk." And 
the main, my main concern was I don't want to be a single parent. Been there, done that. And number two was, do you want to do this? And he said yes. And so, hey, you know, God needs him. God can have him. So right. that's just, you know, that's important to him. And so that's important to me. Sure. Very cool. Um, the other the other piece about seasons is that it's I, I really do think it's important at sometimes unplugging comes in a lot of senses and one of the things about unplugging is unplugging unplugging from Mormon stuff. Um, you know, when I said that I still read the board, but I stopped posting and I still read the blogger knuckle occasionally, but I hardly ever comment anymore. That's just been very, very freeing. Um, by getting into those kinds of things, that's just another piece of my life that I was surrendering to Mormon stuff. And, I, and I'm not even saying to the church. That really was, that's Mormon stuff. Does, does that make sense? Sure. Do you know what I mean? It's it's all part of Mormon culture and you know engagement with other Latter Day Saints. I mean, the Blogernacle is 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 all about Mormon stuff. I mean, there's really I I, I don't see a whole lot of real church things happening in the Blogernacle. It's almost all just about Mormon stuff, mm-hmm. and and that's interesting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Those things are really interesting. Mormon stuff is interesting. Mormons are interesting people. They have interesting ideas and you know, a, a unique approach to life. And it, it just it was just another the, between the blogger knuckle and the boards. It was just eating up just an enormous amount of time from my life. I, I hesitate to say this, but you know, I. I haven't listened to any of the podcasts you've done hmm. since our last recording, and I love your podcast. But <laughs> good for you. Know, you. It's just, it's just, it's. And let me encourage. My, stuff. And let me encourage, stuff. And let me encourage my <laughs> listeners not to listen to my podcasts either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally understand. But no, you see, it's it's part of being able, I think, to be able to successfully engage with the church if you're going to try to do it on an ongoing basis is if you've just got to set limits mm-hmm. if you're not a believer. You've got to set limits. And and you've got to be able to feel good about setting those limits, however you choose to do it. And let go.
there was a there was a thing that came up in the last session I remember where we were talking about do you feel that you're calling on the church to do these things and I kind of hesitated and and backed off of that idea and I think that's an important part of letting go is realizing that the church is what it is it just acceptance is a very well, stages of grief I guess acceptance is a very important part of being able to move forward uh, in whatever direction you choose to go is to just accept that the church is what it is. And as mere cogs in the machine who have really no hope, maybe maybe you have some hope, but I have no hope of ever being ever made an apostle, uh, <laughs> as that I'm not going to be in any position to ever affect any change. And so... And, accepting that really does make it easier to just move forward. Mm-hmm. And when something comes along that's 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 frustrating or difficult, it, to just to, to to be able to take take a step back from that and look at it in in the context of your whole life of everything that's going on right now. I the one area I think that I have the most difficulty with that, there are two of them actually, uh, is um, gays and lesbians as participants in the church mm-hmm. and uh, women in the priesthood. Uh, I have been able, I think, to really do a good job of letting go of the women in the priesthood because I'm not a believer anymore, so what do I care? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and but my heart just aches for people who believe and have same sex attraction. My heart just aches for them. There is no place at the table for them that unless they choose to live a life <laughs> of void of inti- void of human intimacy of 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 real human intimacy and sharing their life with someone who is who sees them as the most important thing that that just that's just not right mm-hmm. but uh, once again it's a thing i can't do anything about and i i don't see that the church as you know, people talk a lot about Oh well, you know, love the sin, love the sinner, hate the sin, and that I just don't see that the church has made any progress in that matter at all. And when you have believing, faithful, returned missionaries committing suicide over this, it, apparently it's it's a problem. Mm. People should not be dying for their faith, mm-hmm. not America. <sighs> mm. So anyway. Um, were we gonna we were gonna look at the website a little bit. Talk yeah. a little bit about the pieces of the website, weren't we? Yeah, if you don't mind, um there are two sections that I that I really uh would like to just I'll read you the bullet and then you just give your one minute description of the bullet. Do you mind? Yeah, sure, that's so, fine. So first I'm of all the for our listeners browsing at it so I can read along. Yeah, for our listeners the, the website we're talking about is www.newordermormon.org. And the first section I want to talk about is why we why we choose to stay in the church. So you've talked a little bit about this, but let me just go through each of those bullets and have you give your spiel 
on on why you think it would be legitimate for someone who doesn't believe some or all of the church to stay in. So you you did talk about family. Is there anything else you want to say about family? Um, no, I think it, I think that the website sums it up really well. I do want to mention that there are people, sometimes um, very young people, come to the New Order website. We've had uh, in the past more than one older teenager show up looking for help. Um, sometimes these are these. This, has, this hasn't happened a lot, but it has happened. We do try to be welcoming with them, but also to remind them that if they're minors, that they are subject to their parents' rules and that they can get that way by, by they can improve their family situation most by being the kind of teenagers we all wish we had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? As opposed to being the teenagers from all hell, that that by being by being pleasant, by being good students, by not turning into you know drug abusing, sleeping around people with lots of inappropriate piercings, their parents are more likely not to try to, or are not going to be as likely to put their thumb down. Okay. So that's, and okay. we also, the other thing I want to say about family is it's, it, family is usually spouses, husbands and wives, but sometimes it can be parents, even for adults. Mm-hmm. There will be people who they're out to their, that, who will be quote out. I, I really feel the need to put a quote on that because I don't want to, like, well, it's like, you know, you know, it's like it's comparing everything to the Holocaust. You don't want to compare everything to being out. Right. But if, even adults, older adults, will it, that are open with their spouses about what they believe will sometimes keep it from their parents, right. uh, especially if their parents are older or in frail health. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're, they're the only ones that are still active, you know, five kids and only one still goes to church and it's them and they don't believe anymore and they think, you know, eh, dad's not going to be around that much longer, I can... I, I don't have to tell my dad what I think. Right. Okay. So talk, you know, a lot of people, there, there's a, there's sort of a pejorative that's used, a social Mormon. Um, you know, you talk about community. Tell us what you think about why it might be or make sense for someone to stay LDS or stay active, you know, uh, for community reasons. Well, unless you're, for example active, engaged member in another church and you live in the Mormon corridor, staying engaged with the Latter-day Saints is how you stay in touch with your neighbors. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not so much an issue for people who live out in the field, I think, but there is something that goes along with being a Latter-day Saint, especially if you move around a lot, is that, you know, you end up someplace and boom, there's a new community. There's, you know, I've, um, I never really moved around much until I married this migratory man and the 
the places that I've lived, I have always been able to plug immediately in to warm, welcoming, friendly people who were willing to let me contribute and had had things to offer our family as well. And that is not a small thing. Um, as the website said, this is a very fragmented world uh, that we live in now. Um, I just read an article um, in Salon the other day about a woman whose neighbor had died and they she didn't even know her neighbor. She lived in the same house for five or six years and didn't even know who her neighbor was. Yeah. And that's very common right. now. Yep. And that's a real advantage of staying plugged into the church is that we need people. People need each other. That that connection is important, and the church makes it very easy to make those new connections, especially in a society as migratory as ours. Yep, yep. And isolation is really unhealthy. Yes. Yeah. I know that. As someone who works from home, I know that. Yeah. And just just because um, we're a little bit short on time, I'll just lump the two together. You mentioned Christianity and Universalism. Any anything you want to say about that before we jump to the suggestions for disengagement? I'm sorry. Do you want to mention uh, anything about Christianity and universalism? Well, I do want to say that one of the things that um, I took I have taken with me is uh, from Laurel Thatcher Ulrich's essay. Lusterware was a quote from her bishop that the church is. Uh, is the perfect laboratory for practicing the virtues of humility and mercy and service and love unfeigned. Mm-hmm. That the that and forgiveness. Right. <laughs> that we as that saints have that opportunity because the community can be so close knit. We have the opportunity to become better people through our interactions with the church, even if we don't necessarily believe all the things that they're teaching. Yeah. And the nice thing about church, the church is sort of a mini-universalist organization. Um, One of the things that's most appealing to me about Mormon theology is the no hell, except for, you know, men who blaspheme the Holy Ghost or whatever. Uh, but there really is no hell, and right. that the idea of a universal resurrection, and even you know the celestial kingdom, which is where the bad people go, is supposed to be a pretty awesome place. Yeah. And yeah, sure. And once, and when you, if you, if you look at that sort of from an outside perspective, that's very unique. I think very unique. That's unique among yeah. Christians. Yeah. And the. And you can take that to the next step and say, well, you know, some of us just aren't celestial material. Mm-hmm. And and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, let's, let's talk about suggestions for disengagement. I think that's really, really important. Maybe one of the most important things I, I've found on, um, on the site. But the, the first suggestion that you have is put family relationships first. Talk about that for a bit, if you don't mind. Well, at this, this, these are not my suggestions. These are original LDS mans. These were, and we have softened them a little bit from tell no one, for example, to be very careful. But putting family relationships first, that 
that requires a very other-centeredness that is sometimes very difficult when you're going through the paradigm shift of, lo- of, of losing your faith. You, you want to tell people you're angry, you're upset. Did you know this? Did you know this? Why didn't you, why didn't you tell me about this if you knew this? And that puts your family on a, in a very difficult position. It put that, that puts them in opposition to you as defenders of the faith. And it's much more important to, you need to think of them. Yeah. You need to think of them. Um, and that's, you know, that's just good advice for marriage anyway. Yeah. You know, people who are very me-centered tend to have, I think, just not very successful marriages. If you put the other person first, it, it really, it, you know, show forth an outpouring of love and, and mean it. Be sincere. Put their needs ahead of your own. And if you have a good spouse, that's easy to do. And when you, when you, when you take that step, that, that also sends a message. That sends a message that there's this, if they do know what you're going through, there's this church thing going on that you may not understand, but I love you. Yeah. And, and you are a different my relationship with you and my relationship with the church are not the same. Yeah. Yeah, I can just tell you that when I was going through my huge crisis, it was a huge burden on my wife and kids because I was always angry. I was always um, bitter. I, uh, I was always on the Internet engaging these long threads with people over these issues and trying to understand. I was always reading this. And even today... Mormonism is on my sleeve, and so uh, not mm-hmm. being selfish and and not forgetting about other people is huge. It's I really yeah. appreciate that. Yes. So go slowly. Oh, it's it, it, that's a, that's almost a textbook thing that people don't do, and that's why we reiterated here in capital letters in a bold font: go slow. Um, there is nothing to be gained by rushing through everything and once again in your family relationships dumping everything on your spouse you know one minute you're fine and then the next minute you you know you lay out for them in the course of an hour of everything that's wrong with the church today um you don't make decisions quickly or some people just want to they want to resign their membership immediately and 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 there's you know you know, I don't want to tell people what to do. If you really think it's that important, go ahead. But going slow, there's there's nothing to lose by being thoughtful and careful about the decisions you make and the choices you make and any behavior changes that you exhibit that that you choose to to pursue. Um, the and that is where the 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 parody of the you know, less active person who turns into you know an alcoholic prostitute um, because they lost their faith that's where it comes from I, I think it's from people who think well I don't need to follow the word of wisdom now woohoo <laughs> and they go nuts right. just because you no longer think the word of wisdom is a commandment doesn't mean you need to take up drinking. 
right. you know. Yeah. I, I mean, th- that doesn't mean don't, but just be careful in what behavior behaviors you change, lifestyle changes that you make. There's no re- there's no rush. You can do something in six months as well as now. Yeah, kind of the baby out with the bathwater thing. Yes. Yes. So how about um, be very careful about who you talk to about your doubts? Well, there are that's there are a couple of reasons for that, and one of them is reducing stress on yourself. If you you might think that you've picked up clues about people who think the way that you do, and so you say things to them and they immediately go into apologist mode and then they look at you funny and then they're avoiding you at meetings and this is someone who you used to have fun with. Yeah. Um, it's never good to make assumptions based on what people say about what they really think because everybody can say something snarky about something funny or weird somebody said in a sacrament meeting and that doesn't mean that they aren't that they aren't believers. Um, or that they're ready to get the full load dumped on them. Or that they're what? Or that they're ready to get the whole load dumped on them. Right. Exactly. Well, and it's not even that. It's just, if you're planning on remaining engaged with the community, it is helpful to not set yourself apart. As, because there's a there's a real tendency among people who no longer believe to think that oh, they know more or they're smarter than the people who still do. You know how can these the 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 uh, the the language that's used to describe them is very derisive and it's it's you don't want to be you don't want to find yourself cast in that light unnecessarily, especially if you feel you still have something to contribute and you still want to participate in the community. Right. And people don't want to know. They don't want to know. So what do you mean by that? Well, people don't care what I think. People don't care what I think. People have their own lives, you know? I mean, that's another that's another thing that I observe very often among new, new orders. It's like, well, I want them to understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> well, why do you care that they understand you? You know, I mean, get over yourself. Mm-hmm. It's really, people don't care what I think. Mm. My opinion just doesn't matter. Yeah. It, 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 well, you know, what, what's to be gained? Nothing. And your last bit of advice is don't burn any bridges, or at least the website. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's that's something that can go both ways. Um, the don't don't give any ultimatums to people that you care about. Care about. Don't say it's me or the church. And don't you know, don't tell your bishop off. Don't resign your membership. Don't go out and have an affair, um, you know, because it doesn't matter anymore. Just there's there's no reason to do any damage. There's no reason to do to, da- to do any damage to other people. There's no reason to do that. Um, other people 
other people are important, even other people that you don't like very much or don't have a lot of respect for. They're still people, and they're still important, and they still have thoughts, and they still have feelings, and there's nothing to be gained by hurting them. And the the other thing that we say is is that we you don't you don't know where you're going to be in five years. I don't know what the future holds. <laughs> Darn it, anyway. I don't have a mind-reading hat. Uh-huh. I, I don't know what's coming down. You know, maybe something will happen. Maybe I'll get my face back. You know, well, I don't have to go through all the interviews and be rebaptized and, you know, have my blessings restored and all that because I haven't done anything final. Mm-hmm. And... You know, what's to be gained by setting down an ultimatum for your spouse? It's me or the church, and they say, sorry, it's the church, and then you leave, and then three years later, they leave too. That happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean to sound cynical, but most people leave. Mm-hmm. More people leave the church than stay, and... You know, so here you've gone and you've tossed out a perfectly good marriage because you decided to draw your line in the sand. That's just silly. Right. So don't burn bridges. Yes. Just go slow. So is it is it fair to say that New Order Mormon is like a, a soft path and a bridge out of the church? Or not necessarily? Uh- not necessarily, but yes, it is fair to say that. Does that make sense? Mm. For for many people, the New Order Mormons' way of life is a step out. For many people, it is not. Um, but you never really know going into it which one of those people you're going to be. That's, that, you know, you don't know if you're going to be one of the people that's sticks around for the long haul, or if you're going to be someone who, in six months, just figures, well, I'm done. Right. And, you know, the the role of the discussion board and the essays and the information on the website is, is to make it is to make the loss of faith less traumatic for everyone and to show that there are options. The original LDS man was a firm believer in the third way, that there's a difference between, that, that, that your choices aren't stay or go, believe or not believe. But there is a third way, and that, I mean, you know, this was a man who, he died uh, a couple of years ago, but uh, on the one hand, he was he, he was a gospel doctrine teacher in his ward, and a very good one. But on the other hand, when his when one of his children got married, he said to this child, "You are not married until your daddy." blesses your wedding in the backyard. Hmm. And this child was married in the temple and went and had their temple marriage, and then 
afterwards came back and free of any church impositions of how it ought to be. There was a lovely ceremony in the backyard, of, in their backyard, and everybody was there. And it, so there's a third way you can, you can, and, and he was a big proponent of that. I, I like to think that he was right. I'm, I hope that he was right. Mm-hmm. And for him, he was. Third way being t- true believer, orthodoxy, apostate. The third way being in the church, um, but not necessarily in the church, but unplugged and um, uh, of free will instead of. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I still think, when I think back on, when I think about how people get all in a dither, because people do, one of the things that New Order Mormons and get most in a dither about is not being there when their children are married. Well, you know, the nice thing about the third way is you get to define what it means. Yeah. And you just say, you know, it's like, well, you know, if we do it at the church, we have to do this. And it's just have to do it at the church. Do it in your own backyard. What control does anybody have over what your family does in their own backyard? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it can be very freeing. It's a very freeing idea that the church is there to support people, not the other way around. Yeah, the church was made for man and not man for the church. That's, that's, that's what we would like people to see as an option. Mm-hmm. When they come to the New Order Mormon site, yeah. is that your your level of engagement with the church and what the church can demand of you and what you have to give the church is up to you, not them. Mm. Beautiful. Well, Anne, I I have to run to my daughter's spelling bee, so I want to thank you so much for taking the time You're- to come on Mormon Stories. I'm I, I've just been delighted to get to know you. Well, and I've really enjoyed it, Don. And I got to get back to work. So thanks for, <laughs> thanks for, thanks for setting this up. My pleasure. Uh, so, um, so, and thanks again for coming on to all our listeners. Please check out NewOrderMormon dot org if you're interested. Um, and I totally wish you well. I hope uh, your journey continues in a very positive and uplifting way. Thanks, John. I hope so too. And um, please, all of you listeners, please feel free to email us at mormonstories at gmail.com or to visit us up on our blog um, at mormonstories.org. We sure appreciate uh, those of you who take the time to listen and comment. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks a lot. Take care and goodbye. Bye-bye.